ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ما بعد الله سز ان سوره الاحزاب regarding our beloved prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam ya ayyuha an-nabiy inna arsalnaka shahidan wa mubashshiran wa nadhira there are three specific qualities that Allah himself highlights regarding the Prophet ﷺ in this ayah. Allah addresses the Prophet individually first. Ya ayyuhan nabi, inna. There is no doubt that we. So Allah is using the royal we. And whenever Allah uses the royal we for something, it's to, to show his majesty. It's to show Allah's power. It's to show his authority. Inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr. The Qur'an being revealed is such a big deal, Allah uses the royal we regarding himself. We sent it down. Inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr. We sent it down in laylatul qadr. So here Allah says, Ya ayyuhan nabi, inna arsalnaka shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadira. O Prophet, there's no doubt that we sent you as a witness, as a giver of glad tidings, and as a warner. Shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadira. The first thing that's mentioned is witness. One time the Prophet ﷺ, he, he requested Abdullah bin Mas'ud, a great companion in many areas uh, of, of deen, especially Qur'an. And the Prophet, he asked him, ﷺ, he asked him to recite some Qur'an to him. And, and Abdullah bin Mas'ud responded to him asking, like, you want me to recite the Qur'an to you and it's been revealed to you? And the Prophet said, yes, I, you know, I enjoy listening to the recitation of the Qur'an. So he, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he begins reciting from the, from the beginning of Surah An-Nisa, uh, uh, Surah Sura number four. So he goes from the beginning and he's reciting, he's reciting, he's reciting until he gets to an ayah, ayah 41, that mentions the Prophet, And you will be brought as a witness regarding your people. You will be brought as a witness regarding your people. And... After Abdullah ibn Mas'ud got to this ayah, the Prophet asked him to please stop, to stop reciting. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he looked up at him and he saw that the Prophet was crying. He was weeping because of that ayah. And you have been brought as a witness regarding these people, regarding your people. Now the Prophet being a witness, والسلام, can go either way. The Prophet can be a witness in our favor, or the Prophet can be a witness against us. And we ask Allah to protect us from that situation. If the Prophet is a witness in your favor, you're guaranteed success. You're guaranteed success. You are guaranteed to be okay. But if the Prophet is a witness against you, then how can anyone succeed in that type of situation? We seek Allah's refuge. We ask Allah to protect us from that. The first of these three traits that Allah describes the Prophet with is a witness. So when we come across this ayah, when we come across this concept in the Qur'an, that the Prophet is a witness, the Prophet will be a witness regarding us, and it can either be a witness in our favor, it can be a witness against us. 
وكذلك جعلناكم أمة وسطا لتكونوا شهداء على الناس ويكون الرسول عليكم شهيدا. Right. So, so we need to reflect and to think, what am I preparing? Am I preparing a case, so to speak, that is going to result in the Prophet being a witness in my favor? Or is the Prophet going to end up bearing witness against me? What was the primary way that Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, that she described the Prophet and keep in mind, this is after he passed away, she described him as a Qur'an that would walk on the face of the earth. He embodied the Qur'an entirely. He lived the Qur'an in its entirety. So the best tafsir, the best understanding of the Qur'an, what is the best explanation of the Qur'an itself? How the Prophet lived it. How the Prophet walked as a Qur'an on the face of this earth. So if we come across an ayah, we should, and maybe we're a little bit confused, how did the Prophet live this ayah? Is there anything from his seerah that indicates to us, that shows us, that implies how we should most uh, appropriately and most properly understand the Qur'an? Perhaps one specific ayah or another. The best understanding that we have, the best explanation, how did the Prophet himself live this ayah sallallahu alayhi wa Because if there was a better way to live this ayah, the Prophet would have done it alayhi salatu So if somebody is going to go to Surah An-Nisat and then handpick Ayah 34 and try to use it as a justification. This Qur'an was sent by who? Ar-Rahman Allam al-Qur'an. The most merciful is the one who taught the Qur'an. So the default, the default name that Allah is connecting with the Qur'an regarding His names is Ar-Rahman. The most stressed name of Allah Azza wa Jal in the Qur'an other than Allah is Ar-Rahman is the most merciful. So what should happen is the more we connect with the Qur'an, we should become more harsh? No, the opposite should happen. We should become more compassionate, more kind, and more merciful. Because the most merciful is the one who sent this Qur'an in the first place. And who did he send it to? What is the primary description of the Prophet ﷺ in Surah Al-Anbiya? What is the, 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 the default Description of the Prophet ﷺ that we have in our deen from God Himself. You were not sent for any reason at all, period, except mercy to mankind and all of creation. What is the main attribute that's being highlighted here? Mercy. And who's the one saying that? Ar Rahman, the most merciful. So th this gives us the lights that we need to read the Qur'an figuratively speaking. You can't read in the dark, you need to have light. We need to read the book of the Qur'an with the light of the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu We can't understand the Qur'an properly. We cannot understand the Qur'an most appropriately in the best of ways without first connecting with the seerah of the Prophet to help us to understand who was this Qur'an sent to? Who was this Qur'an revealed to? What was the heart of that person like? How, how was his heart? How was his character? What does Allah say very early on in the mission of the Prophet 
in Surah Al-Qalam, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ There is no doubt whatsoever, Allah is testifying to the beauty of the character of the Prophet وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ There is no shadow of a doubt whatsoever that you have amazing character. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ It's as if to say if there was a mountain of character for all of humanity, billions upon billions of people, you... O Prophet, are on top of it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ What would Allah say about our character, though? What would Allah say about our character? This is what He said about His character, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ So how can someone go to Surah An-Nisa, take Ayah 34, and use it as a justification, as a man to abuse their wife? You're going to abuse your wife with this ayah that was sent down from, from Ar-Rahman? The issue is not within the ayah, the issue is within the understanding of the person. You're going to use this ayah that was sent to the Prophet ﷺ, that was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, Ar-Rahman allama al-Qur'an, to who? وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Mercy upon mercy upon mercy. That is our deen. So how can someone take that ayah, yes, it's there, but how is it understood? How is it applied within our lives? And most importantly, how did the Prophet live this ayah? Because if someone is, is not, as a Muslim, if they're not connected to the seerah, they may not realize that there were times when the Prophet had serious issues with his wives. There was a time when things were so bad that he separated from them from an entire month. He separated from all of them for an entire month. Completely. He slept elsewhere. He basically lived elsewhere for an entire month. They stayed in their homes and he figured something out, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, he was our, our Nabi, our, our Prophet, our Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was also a human being and he also had a heart. Obviously, his heart is the best heart ever, alayhi salatu wa But the point is, he also had human struggles. He also had human struggles, including marital struggles. And he had serious issues at this time with his wives. How did he live this ayah? How did he live this ayah? The first thing that he did, والسلام, he separated from. So first he tried talking to them. The issues remained. And then what did he do? He separated from them. He said for an entire month, he, he had his space, he needed his space to figure out what is he going to do? And then how did he live the last part, the most controversial part, وَضْرِبُهُنْ How did he live it? Again, how to say Aisha? One of these wives described him later after he passed away. He was a Qur'an that walked on the face of the earth. He lived the Qur'an. How did he live this ayah? How did he live that part of the ayah? By that point, he gave them the ultimatum. If we're going to continue... In marriage, we're going to continue leading this type of lifestyle. And if not, look at Surah Ahzab. And if not, then we're going to divorce. I will treat you well. Rahmatan lil'alameen. I will treat you well. I will not hold anything against you. But you have an ultimatum. Either this direction or this direction. That was how he lived that part of the ayah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what did they choose? All of them chose to continue to stay married to the Prophet alayhi all of them chose. Also, look at the ayah immediately after that. In ayah 35, Allah talks about what? Allah talks about reconciliation. If a man goes and 
breaks the ribs of his wife, what kind of reconciliation is going to be even attempted after that? And on top of that, what, that's a real case. On top of that, what makes it worse is when her family tells her, no, what he did is okay because the Qur'an says this, the Qur'an says that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet is far removed from, from such horrible examples of people who claim to follow him as their Prophet Who is your Prophet? The way that Allah describes him is mercy. That is the de facto description of the Prophet that we have from God Himself regarding the Prophet So when Allah says, "Inna wa Sometimes we only look at the, the, the second of the three. Oh, good news. MashaAllah, I'm Muslim by name. I'm going to Jannah. Not if you go and abuse people. You don't think their dua is going to be accepted against you? For sure it will. So we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, what is the general course of our lives and who is the one leading that course? Who, who's the captain of that ship, so to speak? If a person, if they take the Prophet ﷺ as best they can, as their role model, and they do what they can to follow in his footsteps, they're definitely going in the right direction. There has to be a balance of sincerity, of action, and especially of mercy. I'll give an extreme example, but I'm mentioning it for a reason. The Prophet told the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, that you are going to come across people who, they're going to be Muslim. They're going to pray so much. You're going to think of your prayer as like very little in comparison to theirs. And you're going to think of your fasting as very little in comparison to theirs. And they will read the Qur'an, but it will not go any further than their throats. It will not pass their throats. And they will leave this deen like the arrow from a bow, or like an arrow going through the game. It doesn't just stick in the deer, right, or the gazelle. It goes through it entirely and comes out the other side. What is the Prophet warning us? That even if you're praying the way the Prophet taught you to pray, and you're fasting the way the Prophet taught you to fast, and you're reading the Qur'an the way the Prophet taught us to read the Qur'an wasallam, if you don't have rahmah, then you're not going anywhere. If you don't have rahmah, if you don't have mercy, if the, 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 this journey of connecting with your prayer and fasting in Qur'an, if it's not cultivating mercy in your heart, then what are you doing? Then, then what is the fruit from your labor? They're, they're, the Prophet's warning us, there are going to be people, they're going to put in a lot of manual labor, so to speak, regarding their deen. They're going to do a lot of planting of seeds and plowing, and, but then they're not going to water it with fresh water. They're going to put salt water. It may look similar. It may look similar, but the reality is very different. It's not going to work. And how did the Prophet also describe those people? the khawarij, who were responsible for killing sahaba, including Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu himself in Ramadan. And they thought Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu is kafir, so they justified going and attacking him. Like, it's insane. It's beyond crazy, especially if you know who Sayyidina Ali was on a deeper level than he was the son-in-law of the Prophet which of course is an incredible honor, but learn about who he was and how he served this deen and the sacrifices and so on and so forth. And these people praying and fasting in Qur'an, where's the rahmah? It's completely absent. The Prophet described those same people. And this is the only group the Prophet described in this way. The Prophet described those people as the dogs of the inmates of hellfire.
The only group the Prophet described in such a harsh way are these people. The dogs of the inmates of hellfire. So if rahmatan lil alameen, mercy to mankind, is describing people in such a way, they must be seriously messed up. Not regarding their prayer and the external form and the fasting. and They were doing all these external things, but there's nothing internal. Prayer, fasting, Qur'an, they are the dogs of the inmates of the fire. We ask Allah to protect us. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in inna allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The three descriptions of the Prophet I'll conclude with this As a witness that can go either way We ask Allah for the best of that situation Amin Rabbil Alameen As a witness, as a giver of glad tidings and as a warner Shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadhira and then in the ayah after that, Allah again mentions three things. This ties in with him being a witness. And he is calling people beautifully to the way of Allah Azza wa Jal. By the grace of Allah, by the leave of Allah. Witness. So he's calling people to the path of Allah and he's also... Luminous, he's, he's, he's powerful like the sun, but he's beautiful like the moon, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have the best example in our Prophet, but it's up to us to connect with his seerah and to live it as best we can, to live, the, the, to taste the fruits of the seerah as best we can and to become nourished by it and to become better humans and better Muslims by it. How can anyone use the Qur'an sent by the most merciful, sent to the mercy to mankind. How can anyone use it to justify violence, to justify horrible things? The Prophet taught us with his words and his actions. The best among you are those who are best to their families. The best among you are those who are best to their wives. He is not just saying this, he's living it himself. He's living it himself. So it's up to us to learn as best we can, and then to live as best we can. We ask Allah to help us in doing so. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسْنًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسْنًا وَكَنَا عَذَابِ النَّارِ We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah for happy, healthy homes. We ask Allah for protection in this life and the next. رَبَّنَا هَبْ لَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا We ask Allah to make us true people of Qur'an who become more and more merciful and compassionate the more we connect with the Qur'an sent to the Prophet وسلم, And we ask Allah to help us to understand the Qur'an in its proper compassionate context and to help us to live it as best we can day in and night out. And finally, we ask Allah, we beg Allah, Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, we beg Allah for the Prophet to be a witness for us and not to be a witness against us. We beg Allah, Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, for the Qur'an to be proof for us and not proof against us. Amin Rabbil Alameen wa